But yeah, this is episode one of Catcher's Catchcast with a full rundown of this week's wrestling. Uh, so Raw, AEW, uh, Dynamite and mm. Rampage and SmackDown. Uh, no Dark or Dark Elevation, no NXT, no... I, I didn't bother watching, what the fuck is it, Raw Talk? No, I didn't watch Talk in Smack either. Yeah. Um, I could have done, but I didn't want to. Yeah. yeah, no. I mean, they are normally really good, and, you know, if promos are your thing, by all means, go watch them, because they're yeah, it's quality. Like an just... hour or so, isn't it, of each one? You can generally find yeah, a condensed it's... interview on their YouTubes. But let us start off with Raw. We will work through the week in order. So, Raw, we literally dive straight in with a New Day promo. They essentially are just plugging the fact that they're doing a tag team turmoil for number one contenders for RK Bro. New Day are wearing fucking um, Nash and Hall outsiders attire. Um, oh, nice. With a nice. Wolfpack um, NDR logo, New Day Rocks. I do, I do, we do love the Wolfpack here. And it, it is like proper red and black, like Wolfpack colours. I popped big for that. I'm a big mark for uh, Wolfpack. We do, we do. We highly endorse the Wolfpack. No, no Wolfpack theme though, so not quite as good. No, no, sadly. Viking Raiders cut a promo immediately after, essentially just saying we're going to win. I, it was like maybe 30 seconds or so. Ali and Mansoor cut a promo. Mansoor's pretty hype. Ali just tells him to follow his lead and do whatever it takes, which I think is their little story with Ali and Mansoor. Yeah, it seems to be a bit of a weird teacher mentor kind of. Ali, who's Ali, who's Mansoor? Um, you know the Is is that Luchasaurus from Wish? No, no, not him. No, no, no. Yeah, Mansoor was. Uh, he's only ever been on like, a couple of Raws and both the Saudi shows. Yeah, he he's the the guy from Saudi. So he's the guy that got like. The big matches in Saudi, just because he's a local guy. Um, he's starting to get a bit of TV. I think he was in NXT for a while, wasn't he? Yes, from, if memory serves me correctly. Yes. Very similar in wrestling style to Mustafa Ali. Looking at him, mm. so it, it's a makes sense as a tag team, but doing Ali as the wily veteran, like, I, don't, I don't think he's it's, that it's old. An, it's an odd angle, but um, I do vaguely remember because um, he told him that you know they're not your friends. No, they'll just use you and, and leave you on the wayside mimicking his his odd storyline that he had with uh, retribution yeah i forgot retribution was a thing um we all we all try to forget retribution to forget. Um, i think that's by design yeah mm. better not think about them really um lucha house party got a little promo um saying they're going to prove they're out of this world it's literally just the two of them now isn't it metalik and um lince dorado yes uh, budget, budget cuts, quote-unquote. Uh, talking of retribution, T-Bar and Mace called every other team victims uh, while Mace was doing top-tier Booker T eyes. You know, like the bug eyes. Uh, yes, I do like, like a Booker T bug eyes. Jinder and Veer. Veer spoke, I, I want to say Punjab, but I might be wrong. Jinder translates saying that they are going to be the next tag team champions. Styles and Omos. Styles called <coughs> terrible representatives um, called Riddle Smoky Brain. Um, nice. And said he'd only he's only fit to run a soda machine, but he'd screw that up as well. Lovely. Uh, Sca scathing, scathing, scathing. From AJ scathing. It must be a southern thing. It must be. There was a weird little punchy robot thing. I, I don't understand what it was. It just seemed to be there to plug the sponsors. 
Like, internet right. It like punched a thing and there was like Pizza Hut adverts and uh, fuck knows. Then we had Orton's music hits, RK Bro come out um, to probably the best pop of the fucking night. Like, just for them walking yeah, out. They're on, they are on, on form at the minute, aren't they? So yeah. you can't really play it, bro. Um, Riddle looks... And besides, who else do you have to... Who else do you have to cheer? They also have little spooters when Riddle jumps into the ring. It's great. Sp- oh, another good spoot. When he does his little hop over the um, top rope. Oh, yeah, and kicks his sandals yeah, off. Yeah, oh. yeah, he has spooters. Nice. We had a recap of last week with RK Bro versus Lashes and MVP when Styles and Omos interfered. I just have a note saying uh, Lashley Spear and Riddle looked fucking sick because I forgot how good Lashley Spear was. R- Riddle does take a bump really well. Like he did like a, almost a Rikishi bump for it. It was fucking great. Nice. Right. Not quite a Shawn Michaels bump though. Not quite. Not quite a SummerSlam Michaels bump. But I don't think anyone can achieve that level of bump other than Shawn. No. Orton grabbed the mic. Um, taunts Lashley calls him a greedy son of a bitch. RK Bro are the most dangerous team in sports entertainment. Um, yeah. And then Matt Riddle just has some little quips about each of the teams in the turmoil. Um, I would like to press. I would like to press X for doubt on that comment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're definitely not. Riddle pitched that Orton should wear a snake mask and Riddle should wear a horse mask so they could be the Snake and Stallion Express. He asked Randy Orton if he likes ale because um, they should go drink ale like the Raiders. Like he, Riddle enjoys a bit of ale when he gets the munchies because, oh, you know, weed. God. Yeah, uh, yeah, weed, lol. Um, New Day have a trombone, but Riddle prefers the recorder, and he asks Orton what instrument Orton would have. Orton is literally about to corpse. Like, you could, you could see him, like, hiding his mouth, trying not to corpse. Um, but thankfully, before we have to send for the man, um, Lashley interrupts. Hey, gimmick infringement. Send for the man. MVP tells Riddle to shut his stupid mouth um, because every time he talks, the WWE Universe loses IQ points. Burn. Lashley cuts promo saying that he wants a bit of revenge for an RKO from last week from Orton. I don't understand why they keep giving Lashley a microphone when you have MVP right there. Like Lashley is a lot of things. He's very good at a lot of things, but talking is not his thing. He's never been a good he, promo. He just sounds like a nice man when you give him a f- microphone. He, does, he really does, doesn't he? He just sounds like a lovely lad. Like, he he yes. shouldn't be talking. He suffers from that whole, like, I was brought up in a large household with a rather strict parent. Um, yeah. Therefore, I'm just a nice man. Well, at least so I've been told. Like, you know, Well, we've been told by that weird segment of what, last year. From yeah. his sisters that were all men. Many, many, many sisters. What, who, who was that feud against? Was it Sami Zayn? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Lashley tells uh, Orton to man up and face me like a man. Orton says he accepts the challenge as long as the title, the WWE title, sorry, is on the line. MVP and Lashes have like a little little talk about it, and MVP says, sure, challenge accepted, um, but we're going to go talk to Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville, and we're going to get ourselves put into the um, tag team turmoil match. Wait, Sonya Deville? I thought she was only doing the women's division. Uh, she seems to yeah. be, her and Pierce seem to be the GMs now. Um, of, of both shows, strangely enough. Weird. But yeah. they're really? Yeah, they're, they're, they're the officials, they're running, they seem to be on both shows for some reason. Oh, okay. We're not doing separate GMs, despite the fact that we were totally told we were doing separate GMs. I mean, who else could you use as a GM other than them two? Well, you could use them two, but they don't need to be doing both shows each. So just give no, them one each. Do a show each, couldn't they, yeah. That'd be sensible, though. We don't want to do that. 
No, we don't do sensible. But doesn't that just ruin the brand split? Brand split was ruined long before this was a thing, unfortunately. You'd think at this point they'd be um, airing towards shit cannon it again, because all that's happening is Fox and yeah, USA are playing at each other. We have a draft coming up now, don't we? Is that soon? Yeah, I think so. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, Lashes and MVP say they're going to get themselves into the turmoil match. New Day's music hits. Pretty big pop for them as well. Probably the second biggest pop of the night, to be honest. They tell um, the Almighty that he'll need to be quick as they're starting the match right the fuck now. They're going to beat the odds and become champs again. New Day hit the ring. Viking Raiders music hits. So we're starting with New Day Raiders. Arcade Bro sort of post themselves up by the announce table um, to watch the match. And we're into our first match. New Day start off pretty hot. Um, getting a nice bit of offense in before um, Raiders take control. Um, Ivar literally throws Eric at Kofi for a near fall and then proceed to just split the ring in half, keep Kofi in the corner. After a few minutes, hot tagged to Woods, who cleans up New Day take control. Woods then has a wonderful attempt at clotheslining one of the Raiders over the top rope and fucks it up horrifically. Takes him like three attempts to get him over the rope. Kofi goes high. Woods goes to make the save after Kofi gets caught, and then Kofi is thrown at Woods. There's a lot of man-throwing in this match. Like an excessive amount of man-throwing. Um, we love a bit of man-throwing. You can't beat a bit of man-throwing. Um, Was it Mansour-throwing? Not yet. There's potential for Mansour-throwing. The Raiders then gurn into the camera. It's wonderful. Cut to commercial, come back, and Kofi is taking control back. And before we get a sick double-team from the Raiders... Um, I just have to know, Eric Eric is a sick power wrestler. He is. Clearly loving a bit of Eric, mate. Nothing really more to be said about that, is he? He's just, no, he's he's just, just really fucking good as a power wrestler. Kofi finally gets a hot tag to Woods, who just instantly eats shit. Um, gets a clothesline from Eric, big splash from Ivar. Raiders set up for their finisher, um, but Kofi, trouble in paradise, is Eric. No, Ivar, sorry. Um, and Woods then rolls up Eric for the win. Fair warning, get used to me saying, and Woods rolls up X for the win. Ah, it's one of those, is it? It's one of those matches. The Maharaja comes out. Um, what is it? Is Maharaja the name of their stable, or is it just... No, that's just that's just him, because it's... Um... Just him. He's yeah, a modern-day Maharaja. Yeah, yeah, isn't... isn't yeah, because you can't have three people being the Maharaja, that's... Like, do they, do they even have, like, a name, or is it just, like... I don't, I don't, I don't know. At this point, Jinder Mahal and stables, it's no point kind of getting yeah. attached to them to be fair Veer looks um really fucking good like just his look he looks like a star yeah, what happened to the other one uh he's still with them um he's just not wrestling i don't know if he's so instead of putting the actual tag team from your stable in the tag team match you put the singles competitor with the tag team guy yes okay jinder veer come out with um shake shanky i think it's shanky um, they come out. They've changed their names after NXT, didn't they? It's yeah, they did. Yeah. So it's Jinder and Veer versus New Day. Um, sort of the story of this match is sort of set up as like New Day are just battered and beaten. Um, like the Raiders kick the absolute piss out of them, but they're that's, like that's, the plucky underdogs throughout this, despite being like what 14, 13 time tag champs. Oh, I've lost it. I don't think it matters anymore. I think they're just going to be. It's just going to keep going up, isn't it? Like, Rich stupid numbers, eh? Uh, New Day just sort of give themselves a quick advantage. Veer jumps up onto the apron, immediately takes a super kick. Kofi then throws himself through the ropes at Veer. Woods throws himself at Jinder, um, taking them both out. 
Uh, Woods grabs Jinder, throws him in the ring, hits him with a big splash from the top and goes for the sort of quick win. Uh, Jinder kicks out. Woods then hits Jinder with a chop, um, a pitiful chop. I'm, I'm introducing the Walter scale for chops, with 10 being a Walter chop. I'd give exactly... But no one's going to get higher than the three. Uh, um, mm, there were some yeah, decent ones tonight. There were some decent uh, okay. ones tonight. But yeah, this is probably like a, a two on the Walter scale. It's, it's pitiful. Like, it's it's a weak chop. Following that pitiful chop, Jinder then takes control, um, tags in Veer, who is surprisingly athletic for the size of him. I don't think I've seen Veer wrestle before, and he genuinely surprised me um, with how just, like, spry he is. Cuts a commercial. When we come back, Veer is just battering the piss out of Xavier Woods. Um, get used to hearing that as well. X batters the piss out of Woods. Bless him, he's got his niche. Yeah, he, he plays a good babyface in peril, and that's what he does really well tonight. Hot tags Kofi, um, nice little New Day double team on Jinder for the three. Lucha House Party's music hits. Uh, they come out without a piñata, so zero out of ten. I don't know why they don't have a piñata anymore, but I'm outraged. Oh, wasn't that is, wasn't that um, Kalisto that came out with that, was it? I think so, yeah. So, no him, no... I know. No, I'd have kept the piñata, to be honest with you. It's, uh... Yeah. I want to put Kalisto's mask on the piñata. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been an improvement. Now put it in the piñata. Ooh. And then you break the piñata over someone and Callisto just appears from it. Legally distinct Callisto, of course, because we can't, we're not allowed to... Tiny, tiny Callisto. New Day try and uh, jump them again, um, just to try and take the early advantage, but Lucha House Party take control. Beautiful um, tandem, tandem salts, as they both sort of throw themselves from the apron onto New Day. Metalik does a lovely little splash um, from Lindsay Dorado's shoulders um, for a two. Woods gets in a few more chops, up to maybe a four with these chops. Like there's actual sound from them, but they're not not good chops still. Right, it's an improvement though. It's a step in the right direction. Dorado then returns the favour with a chop of his own, which I gave a five. Right. I think my scale might be skewed slightly from Woods doing terrible chops. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, yeah. I'm about to say the Walter scale, like. Yeah. An average Walter oh. chop is like a 10, so... And there's got to be a huge gap between a 10 and everything else. Well, let, let's... If you put, like, say, Big Show's chops are about an 8 or a 9, like, that's your, uh, that's yeah, your benchmark. Yeah. A 10 is achievable by someone, not Walter, but it's just unlikely. It's just very rare anybody other than Keith Lee is going to get there. Yeah. It's mostly based on the sound of the chop. If you get, like, a good, good slapping sound, that bumps you up a lot. Obviously, extra no one else is going to draw blood from a chop. Extra, extra, extra point if it welts. <laughs> uh, Dorado then does like does like a standing flop onto Woods. Just puts his hands behind his back and just sort of falls forward onto him for probably the best cocky pin I've ever seen in my life. It's wonderful. Like he doesn't even hook the leg or anything. He makes no just hands behind his back, lying on top of Woods for the pin. Kicks out at two. Dorado goes high, um, but takes uh, some knees to the stomach. Metalik tags himself in to stop Kofi getting the hot tag. After a couple more minutes, Kofi finally gets the hot tag, goes high for a two. Uh, Woods tags back in, uh, but he's like absolutely fucked. Like he's he's been battered mercilessly by everyone so far tonight. Um, Dorado hits a nice little double stunner, um, ro rolls up Woods for another two, goes for another splash, which forces Kofi to break up the pin, as Woods was just dead. Like he was making no attempt to kick out whatsoever. Lucha House Party set up for a double team, but Kofi catches Dorado's legs as he's running the ropes, um, allowing Woods to roll up Meta League for the three. A lot of roll-ups. 
I told you. Oh, like, it's, it's only good, it's only going to get worse. Just before commercial, T-Bar and Mace um, start heading out. As we come back from the commercial break, Woods is just dead. Mace is just like battering him around the ring. Woods shows a little flash of life um, with a couple of chops, which I graded a two on the water oh. scale. Mace locks in the claw, which instantly goes magna um, to slow the pace way down. Yeah. It, it seems to be a running theme with them. Yeah, like literally this, like after the last like three matches that were pretty like, you know, high intensity sort of high spots this is just like slowed way down t-bar and mace are just like they're big guys that's all they do um so it's just like you know slow pace when kane and big show paired up yeah yeah like there's small like bursts of life from woods um trying to get some offense in but then t-bar and mace just cut him off slap him around i think Corey graves said um mace has size 15 boots which i highly doubt Dominic Dijakovic did, wasn't particularly slow in the ring. He still went. Yeah. But I don't know, ever since I've retributioned him. Well, that was his thing. He, him and Keith Lee were the two big men who could go fast. I think it might be because yeah. I think Mace is... Because um, he's an ex-football guy, isn't he, Mace? Um, yeah. I think it might be that they need to keep him working slow. So they've asked Dojovic to like slow his style down as well to complement Mace. Which isn't a bad idea, um, but for this match, like it's it filled its purpose of like just letting New Day get a bit of a breather in, but it didn't really need to. And my, my next note is T Bar goes to end it, and guess what? Woods reverses it into a roll up for the three. There we go. So that's of what the four matches, nearly all of them ended in a roll up. I think it was just Jinder that didn't get rolled up. Raid, Raiders got rolled up. Uh, Lucha House Party got rolled up, and T Bar and Mace got rolled up. So three out of four finished with um someone sneaking well it was woods i think it was woods every time woods sneaking in a roll-up i mean whatever works but come on it was the same finish three times it was a bit silly they could have had like you know someone like lucha house party could have taken a actual finish like i get it against the bigger guys that does make a bit of sense like t-bar and mace the, the bigger slightly greener you don't want them to like t-bar and mace to lose to like a tag team finisher do you, you want them to the big guys they need to keep their heat Woods rolls him up for the three um, T-Bar then fucking murders him for the trouble T-Bar starts battering the shit out of Woods uh, Riddle like jumps up to get in the ring to help um, but Randy Orton sort of puts an arm across him and is like nah 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 let the boy watch let him, yeah, let him fight. <laughs> Ali and Mansoor come out um, as uh, Mace is battering Kofi T-Bar's battering Woods um, Mansoor is like fucking booking it down to the ring like trying to get in there to help and Ali's like yo yo no 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 don't get in the ring leave them to it let, let, let them fight let them fight um, yeah uh, Mansoor ignores him dives into the ring gets a little bit of offence in he goes to clean house but um, Mason T-Bar just start battering the shit out of him um, there's a nice shot of Ali face palming on the outside before he like begrudgingly gets in the ring to help out Mansoor he gets a little bit of offence in but also eat shit like they batter the shite out of him as well Mustafa Ali gets whipped into the ring post and Rikishi bumps from it. Nice. Mace picks up the ring steps. Uh, T-Bar picks up Kofi and then throws Kofi into the ring steps. After a why good are like, a, why, why are we still attacking the New Day? Uh, they're just battling <coughs> everyone at this point. Finally, you get some officials in the ring led by Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville who then have T-Bar and Mace 
escorted out. And then bafflingly, during a commercial, Sonya Deville announces that um, they're going to put off the second half of this match and give Ali, Mansoor and New Day like a bit of time to recover and then we'll carry on the match. And we're also with the inclusion of uh, Lashes and MVP. So there'll be four teams to go through uh, later on in the show. McIntyre's music hits. Um, and as they cut to the sort of shot from the bottom of the ramp, some tech guy is like moving a cable across the camera. So there's a lovely shot of someone's yeah. hand and a cable in there. Nice. Very, very professional show. Just like this one. Drew McIntyre's fun facts are that he won the 2020 Rumble um, and that he beat Jinder Mahal at SummerSlam. That's it. That's all he's ever done. Wow, not very not, good map facts there. Not, um, Sounds about right. Not a former world champion or anything. Just he beat Jinder Mahal at SummerSlam. Granted, beating Jinder Mahal at SummerSlam is more prestigious than winning the WWE title. Um, oh, he, he's got an Undertaker winning streak, that one. It's it's truly the biggest match of his career. Sheamus's music hits. So we have the two guys that lost to Damian Priest now having a match to decide who gets to face Damian Priest again for the um, US title. Um, right. I just have I just have the note here. I have high hopes for this match because it's McIntyre and Sheamus. Yeah, it's just just two British lads beating the piss out of each other. Exactly. That's that's all I want from a match. Um, Damian Priest is watching TV like a wrestler backstage. Oh, Georgie Angle. Fucking side side on, of course. Title on his shoulder. Drew opens up with a chop, which I graded a four, and then gives us a second chop, which is a six. Highest highest of the night so far. Yeah. Good meaty chop. The first few minutes of this match is literally just the two lads battering the shite out of each other. Like, everything you'd expect from a Sheamus and Drew McIntyre match. Ressy Brit Ress. Yeah, just a lot of, like, hard-hitting chops, uh, punches, elbows. Drew hits a fucking sick spinebuster on Sheamus. And then I think Drew goes high. Sheamus jumps up there and hits him with a big fucking superplex um, into the commercial. When we come back, Sheamus is in the corner. Um, he kicks uh, Drew's leg out of his leg. And then skins the cat for some reason. Okay. One of the commentators, is it Jimmy, what's his face? The one that's not Byron or Corey. Yeah, um, the other one. He says something about Seamus' um, prescribed face mask. And Corey makes something a quip about, oh, I'm glad you're finally acknowledging that it's a prescription one. And Jimmy's like, I did air quotes as I said it. So Corey quips back, you get paid for your audio skills, Jimmy, not your air quotes. Which made me chuckle more than it should. Drew then locks in a really nice um, Kimura lock. Really smooth little float over on Sheamus. Really nice looking submission. Sheamus gets the ropes to break it up. Um, Drew goes up high for a flying nothing. Takes a knee to the face for his trouble. Throughout this match, both lads are just constantly stealing each other's finishes. Drew hit Sheamus's, um, what is it, the beats of the baldrum. He hit Sheamus with a white noise. Sheamus goes for a claymore. Just a whole lot of finisher stealing. Like they've been storing finishes on like 2007. And just start finisher stealing each other. Ooh. Drew um, finally demasks fella. Um, quick note. That becomes quite the theme when I start talking about SmackDown. <laughs> Drew demasks Fella, goes to hit the Claymore, but Fella, and you'd be surprised here, catches him and rolls him up for a three. Oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> We've had one clean finish so far. Oh, oh God. I'm, I'm, I didn't even watch it, because obviously, you know, you know this Raw was your, your shape this week. And even I'm tired now. Like, it's just nothing but fucking roll-ups. Um, Sheamus you, is you, celebrating his win. Would you say it, is, it may or may not be de death, death by roll-ups? It might be death by roll-ups. One could say that. Because we'll get sued. Yeah, it's fine. He's not going to watch this. He's not going to watch it. We're fine. 
Um, yeah, Sheamus is celebrating his win. Uh, Drew still has his. Um, they call it a steel mask. It's definitely not a steel fucking mask. No, it's um, carbon fiber at best. Drew then uh, beans Shamo in the face with it, um, then hits him with a claymore um, because Drew is the baby face in this feud. I mean, isn't I any say, feud that Sheamus Sheamus Sheamus, um, Sheamus did win with a handful of tights. Just uh, like the, the commentators uh, okay. do some gymnastics to try and be like, oh, well, you can understand why Drew McIntyre is so frustrated that Sheamus cheated to win. <clears throat> This is the same Drew McIntyre that has known Seamus for his entire professional wrestling career. Mm-hmm. Who really should not be surprised that his, that his friend for many years has cheated to win. Because that's what he's done practically all the many time. Many a time, yeah. Right, okay. Um, Isn't that how he won all his championships? Pretty much. Yeah, the, the large handful of them. A couple, apart from that weird fucking Triple H back catching, which was a fucking odd one, that was they do um they do reference Sheamus winning his um first world title within six months. Like they give us a little shot of Sheamus beating Cena when he debuted, which is a a, a nice little thing to bring up again. Like, I think that's been mostly forgotten by history. Mm, largely. Um, but yeah, we cut back to Priest, who is uh, hooking it up backstage. Um, he says he knows something that a uh, fellow doesn't. <coughs> Ooh. And that he's got Seamus's number. Um, so yeah, we have Priest versus uh, Fella at Extreme Rules, which that should be a decent match. It should be. Yeah. Wasn't that the SummerSlam match? Yes. I'm say you two watched SummerSlam. I didn't. So you're lying to you. Wasn't was wasn't Priest versus Fella just underwhelming last time? Yeah. But then Priest has been forced to step up his game by being put in a match with Sheamus and Drew, who are just going to batter the shit out of him. Yeah. Is this Priest versus Vela at Extreme Rules or Priest versus Vela in an Extreme Rules? At Extreme Rules at the moment. Um, Ow. Can we stop doing normal fucking matches as Extreme Rules? Isn't that the entire point of the pay per view? Yeah, you'd think like you'd just have no rules for that in that one pay per view. No, sure. you have one match, and then you name an entire paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, all the matches that TLC are TLC, aren't they? Yeah. Oh God, I hate these theme pay per views so much. Terrible, aren't they? Just... You get at best two matches: one male and one female. Tangent, yeah. but remember when like Hell in a Cell used to be like the culmination of a huge feud? Now it's just October. Yeah. Is it October? They fucking moved it back three times. It might it still keeps be October, changing, doesn't it? Yeah. Following that, um, Raya and Nikki Ash are being interviewed because they're a tag team now. Yeah, despite the fact that I know for a fact the dark match before it started was Rhea Charlotte. And all yeah. that, or was that Friday, was that Friday for Super Show? I know they had a dark match. It, it it was a really like weird, awkward interview, um, where like Nikki is clearly having the time of her life. Um, <clears throat> and Raya is trying not to corpse. <clears throat> um, they gave themselves a tag name as well, and ruthlessly super or something like that. I, it, I, I've already forgotten it. That's how. That's how good it was. Right. Um, okay. 
brutally super. That's it. Brutally super. Yeah, because it's brutality, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Not super rip, not super rip, not super rip, baby. <laughs> Get out. Boo. Boo this man. Um, as they're doing their entrance, I put down the note, is this just RK Bro? And then as I wrote that down, Corey Graves said, just because RK Bro works doesn't mean this will work. I'm like, ah. oh, okay, so it literally is just RK Bro. Like... You do know that they opened the show right. We, <laughs> this comparison is glaringly obvious. Um, we then cut backstage for a Charlotte interview um, because she's facing Nia for the title. And I sarcastically have hooray right down in my notes here. Because I really want to see Charlotte versus Nia. Um... Then we cut back to Tamina and Natalia doing their entrance. Um, I literally have, like, in these notes, Rare and Nikki Ash versus Tamina and Natalia for the tag belts. Because I'm sure they said it was for the belts. But then after the match, it wasn't for the belts. Right. Okay. Like, I, I genuinely thought, like, they were having a tag title match because, like, um, Rare made some reference to, like, uh, you know, we don't have much in common, but if we win this match, we'll have some gold in common. Which, to me, implies that it's a title match. Plans changed, quote-unquote. But then, like, I literally have in my notes, there doesn't seem to be a reason for this match. Rhea wins and it wasn't for the belts, question mark. That That's my notes for that match. Literally, like, it's just... I don't... I don't get the point. Like, I, I don't understand why they're a tag team. I don't, like... You know, Raw are normally, like, overly zealous with explaining what's been happening to the point of irritating you. And they already did. It's because RK Bro yeah. is a tag team. But, like, they literally, like, I think Corey's like, oh, in their third match, they've beaten the tag champs. I'm like, okay. What? Why, do, why were they facing the tag champs anyway? Why are they a tag team? Which, I'm sorry, by laws of actual sport, they're now the tag champs. Hmm. I, I am... Done with this whole title opportunity nonsense. Uh, it's, like, yeah. if, you beat, if you beat the champion, you shouldn't get a championship <laughs> shot. You get the championship. You beat the champion. You wouldn't get that in UFC, would you? No. Or boxing, or you know. I don't mind it sometimes, but it's like a completely out there person. Yeah, but you've got Raya and Nikki Ash, who are like both former women's champions. Yeah. Like, it seems like the only reason they've put them together is to justify not having them facing Charlotte. Because, uh, like, yeah, they've, they've yeah. got other plans for Charlotte, which I will go into shortly. Um, oh, God. After I'm, all, that, I'm already scared. Yeah, you should be. It sounds more like a threat than anything, Steve. It is. It is a threat. You've been warned. Um, following that, um, we have an earlier today with uh, Johnny Moist uh, on Moist TV. I I literally have the quote here, Moist TV is a thing, question mark. It is, unfortunately, and I'm very uncomfortable with it. Like, he he just says a whole lot of Johnny drip drip and moist and Mm. moist stick and, or drip stick, sorry, and uh, he has Karrion Cross with him, um, who 
is doing the most goddamn generic heal shit possible. Like, oh, I just want to make people suffer. Good, good for you, buddy. That was his NXT stick. It's yeah, as it's, well, it, and it, people it wondered why, and people wondered why he, Vince's idea was just to put a mask on him. You can kind of tell he is so. Not, not very uncomfortable, but kind of uncomfortable with not having Scarlet with him. Yeah, I mean the character he's got, like from that interview, it's just like he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you suffer, John Morrison. Well, well, Pete, wouldn't you be uncomfortable if they took all your charisma away from you? Mm. Yeah, true. <clears throat> no, it's just a generic. I'm going to hurt people. Heal. Like no interesting character. There's no interesting promos from him because it's just I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to make you suffer, and that's all the promo is. Um, we then just cut to him entering for the match, and he's uh, still he's wearing the him. gimp gear. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, li- I will give you my entire unabridged notes for this match. Cross versus Morrison. Cross just bullies Morrison, ragging him round. Johnny Moisto sprays Cross with his dripstick, which makes Cross mad. He literally throws Morrison out of the ring over the top, uh, over the ring post. He locks in the cross jacket, which is a terrible name for a submission, and murders Drip Drip. That's it. That's the match. Worth the, the time, then. The only interesting spot was like him being sprayed with the water and going like full sicko mode on him for it. Like, <clears throat> but yeah, why is John Morrison just like here doing weird? Moist things. Don't say that. Like, I, it, I hate it. It makes me so uncomfortable. It's you know, aggressive use of the word you know, moist. When, you know, we just, you know, we discussed what we're going to call this episode. Weird moist things. Weird moist things. There we go. Weird moist things. Um, we then have a little Naya hype video leading into um, a Naya interview. Um, I, I have two notes for this uh, interview. Naya is the bad promo and Royal Behind Which was also right. a theme in Charlotte's promo. Oh. Right. Um they keep like to keep talking about uh sticking Charlotte's crown up her royal behind. Real real emphasis on the B. Yeah, excessive emphasis on the B. Um, oh, they're still going over trying to get over all oh, my hole, aren't they? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, oh, they really try and bless him. They really try him. They didn't need to try. It was over as fuck. Yeah. If they just left it, if they just left it, left it be, um, it'd have been all right. It's WWE, they can't leave it alone, can they? Na- naturally over. Um, we then have Charlotte versus um, Naya. Champ out first. Boo. Champion should never be out first. Fuck you. Um, as the bell rings, um, Shayna jumps up on the apron uh, with a mic. Um, essentially, says, "I don't think my partner can beat Charlotte twice. I think she's like she she needs to be careful. She doesn't choke." Um, and then we just dive straight into like a, a little work shoot with um, Charlotte and Nia sort of throwing hands. Charlotte threatening to walk out. Um, Shayna gets all in the face as she's trying to leave. Um, and Charlotte just keeps uh, shouting, uh, get out of my face at her. Um, 
Nia then, while Shayna's in the face, sort of get, grabs her by the hair, drags her back into the ring. Um, after that little work shoot bit, the match turns into like just a really like sloppy, awkward match. Um, like Nia and Charlotte just don't seem to work well together. Their timing just seems all over the place. No, like it's it's, it's notice noticeably bad when they never wrestle. Never a great match. It's never a great match. I mean, Nia's not a good wrestler anyway. Um, but normally Charlotte can drag someone that's average to a good match, but these two just don't click. Oh, is this the episode when the two of them batter the shit out of each other? That no this is reason. following last week. Last week they had that it was probably a worked shoot. Um and Nia won it. So this week Nia gets a title shot because she beat Charlotte. Um and they sort of try and do that again with another little work shoot. Which was the only bit of the match that really worked for me. Um, Shayna sort of went to blindside Charlotte. Charlotte ducked, and Shayna like nearly hits Nia. Oh. Um, sort of like they have a little awkward like, "Did you mean to nearly hit me?" thing, which would have worked better if Shayna had actually hit Nia rather than stopped herself. Because I don't know why Nia would think she was going to hit her if she didn't hit her. <laughs> Um, Naya then gets Charlotte into the onto the top rope. Um, she's about to do something, some sort of move to her. Shayna jumps up on the apron and distracts um, Naya and gets all up in her face, allowing Charlotte to hit a natural selection from the top rope um, for the win. So Shayna turns on Naya because that's the feud everyone wants to see: is Shayna Baszler versus Naya. Yeah, because we all want another Naya Jax feud. Yeah. Um, well, Shayna might batter her. Hopefully. Hopefully yeah, they'll let Shayna just go ham on her. There could be some light at the end of this very dark tunnel. Yeah. Um, Charlotte's in the ring. Um, Alexa pops up on the Tron. And says, Oh, you know, now you've now you've had a match, you should you should come have some fun in the in the playground with me. And Charlotte's like, <laughs> how about no? Uh, Alexa goes, okay, I guess I'll have to bring the, the playground to you. Uh, lights go out. Uh, Alexa appears in the ring. Um, Charlotte's like, well, what do you what do you want? Alexa points at the title. She's like, oh, you, you, want, you want a title match against me? Uh, do I, do, yeah, well then fine. You can have a title match against me. And that's pretty much it. Isn't this the exact same mistake they made with Bray Wyatt? Yes. Look, if you're going to make a mistake once, you may as well make it again. Do not learn from your mistakes. Continue to make the same mistakes. Eventually, you'll Stockholm Syndrome people into thinking it's a good idea. Uh, so, I'm guessing they're going to have a match at Extreme Rules. That'll probably be like an Extreme Rules match, you know, like a... You know... What's the name of the doll? Lily. Lily's Playground match kind of thing. Is my oh, God. my bold no. prediction? Jesus, you you know you know it's gonna happen. Oh. Like I I feel very confident making that prediction. More um, yeah. Um, following that, we have a little twenty four seven title shenanigans video, um, with Reggie just doing sick flips everywhere. Um, Good old Rich. Like they just have a little 
compilation of him doing sick flips and jumps and it's it's just wonderful um just him like dodging everything from flair and tozawa um it's just good stuff i literally have in my notes he's a good sinkara um we then have reggie versus tozawa and the crowd goes mild wait um, they let tozawa wrestle yep well uh, i thought he's just a backstage ninja well, uh, I'm not going to get carried away and say they let him wrestle because the entire match lasts about a minute um, oh. with Tozawa trying to throw moves, Reggie doing sick flips out the way of the moves. He hits a couple of lovely, like, sick kicks on him. He does, like, a drop kick backflip off Tozawa. Um, very anime. Um, he then does a couple of nice little flippy, uh, like, kicks, uh, pins Tozawa clean in, like, probably 30 seconds to a minute at most um, following the match um, ev everyone just comes out um, like Cedric Alexander R-Truth um, a few guys run out to take a bump from Reggie including Jeff Hardy um, okay who literally comes out takes a bump and that's it you wouldn't even know it's Jeff Hardy if he wasn't like in his face paint um, as Reggie is running off up the ramp um, R-Truth follows him up and Drake Maverick comes out and R-Truth is like oh hey cool I didn't know you were back go back to your wife this is my title and that's it Drake Maverick I thought you were dead <laughs> <laughs> like, Maverick doesn't even say anything he just comes out and then like looks at the crowd and smiles and that's the end of the segment um, we then have a do drop interview Um the long and short of this interview is she wants to batter Eva some more. Um, last week she like didn't even let Eva start the match because Eva apparently refuses to do matches. So she just kicked the piss out of her and then counted her own pin. Um, and next week she says she wants to um, batter Eva some more. Um, the evolution was an Eva delusion. Oh, God, I hate that. Uh, don't worry, it gets worse. She then says, "Oh, do they at least refer to it as the women's evolution?" No, Eva evolution into the oh. Eva delusion, um, and then in a line guaranteed to sell a few million T-shirts, she says, "It's time for the do drop revolution." <clears throat> exactly. Yeah, notice, notice the audible, audible cricket sounds. Yep. Get disturbed in it because it's the sound of fucking silence. Um, yeah, like I don't understand why they've got her stuck in this feud with Eva. Like she's way more talented than this. Well, you know, something, something NXT quality. Yeah. Um, thankfully, following that, New Day come back out. Um. We have New Day vs. Ali and Mansoor. Um, the dissension between Ali and Mansoor is the main story here. Um, with them sort of like just sort of miscommunicating just enough for New Day to get the win. Um, the other bit of story for this is Xavier Woods is like proper fucks. Like his back is beyond battered. Um, like he goes to pick up, um, I think it's Mansoor, for like a fireman's carry or something like that and just fucking crumples um, <clears throat> but in a shocking twist 
Um, New Day win without a roll-up. Um, <coughs> Kofi, <coughs> Kofi hits a trouble in paradise to Mustafa Ali. Hirokishi bumps again. <coughs> and they get the, the clean one, two, three. No roll-up. And we then have um, a bit of they don't want none as Styles and Omos come out. Uh, Styles starts out in the ring just battering the piss out of Xavier Woods. Um, tags in Omos who bullies Woods who then tags in AJ who bullies Woods um, with Woods just doing the full on baby face in peril for this one um, the crowd start to finally pick up again um, when Kofi and Omos tag him um, that's not a sentence I thought I'd hear when yeah. Omos tag um, Kofi goes up high and Omos literally slaps him at the fucking air Okay, that's what oh. it's like. Yeah, it's it wasn't quite a chop, so I didn't grade it. Um, but he just he does just slap Kofi out the air. It is a wonderful, wonderful spot. Um, Kofi just goes down like a sack of shit, falls out the ring. It's wonderful. Um, there's a little bit of George. He, he could probably go high on the Walter scale. He probably could. I reckon if they give him a chance to do a proper chop, I'll I'll I will end up grading him quite high. Um, Omos like lifts Kofi up, like almost like in a power bomb, um, and he literally sort of drops Kofi into the Styles Clash for AJ Styles, like he puts Kofi on AJ's shoulders for the Style Clash. Oh, um, so that's a nice little spot. It yeah, it it looked really clean as well, um, and hits the Styles Clash one two three. Uh, New Day are eliminated. Then we have the main event. What what I was waiting to see in the show, we get AJ Omos versus Lashes MVP. Um, we almost immediately get like I have it all caps Omos versus Lashley. That's all I wanted. And two big beefy boys, two large ba- black men battering the shit out of each other. It's wonderful. It's everything you could possibly want in a wrestling match. Um, and they do just slap each other around a bit. Um, I... Lashley ends up on the outside as Omos actually outpowers him. Um, like, Omos is booked like whopper strong in this match. Um, Lashley and Orton get into it on the outside, um, with like Orton getting in um, Lashley's face. Um, Styles takes advantage, throws himself off the announce table and takes them both out. Um, Riddle then sort of gets in AJ's face and is like, yo, bro, what was that? Why? Um, so Omos jumps Riddle, fox him into a barricade. Um, back in the ring, Lashley and Styles are the legal men. Lashley hits Styles with the spear, um, which AJ sells like fucking death. It's wonderful. Um, one, two, three. Uh, Lashley and MVP are the new number one contenders for the tag titles. Um, Omos, while Lashley is celebrating, gets in the ring behind him. And like absolutely fucking murders Lashley with a choke slam. Um picks him up with that, you know, that two handed choke slam he does. Oh wow. um, lays out Lashley. Um he then gets out the ring and literally like carries AJ Styles to safety. Um almost like, you know, like superhero style, like carries him out. Um and then sort of as AJ sort of slides out sort of they sort of walk out together uh lashley's in the ring uh sort of picking himself up fuming 
Um, as he gets up, Orton dives in, hits him with the RKO um, to close the show with Riddle and Orton posing on the turnbuckles with the tag belts with Lashley dead in the ring. Uh, let me get this straight. Raw was basically, essentially, one show of one match. Yeah. Practically. Essentially, yeah. Bloody um, The tag team turmoil was the only thing that really mattered on this show. Um, and, yeah, like the women's stuff was kind of, eh. Like, Dewdrop and Eva are being featured as a feud for some reason. Um, the US title picture is, you know, it's three dudes. That's it. Um, the 24 title is a 24 title. Like, it's, you know. It's going to be there regardless, eh? As, lo- as long as Reggie's just doing cool flips, I think it's going to be okay. Um, but yeah, like, Omos was booked mega fucking strong in, the, like, this show. Like, he's, he's like the final boss of Raw at the minute. Like, he made Lashley look like a fucking idiot. My only hope is that they don't pull the trigger on him too soon. Yeah. Like, let him let him build up. Um, but yeah, I think next week we're going to get the tag team title match. That's not too bad. Um, so, we either get Lashley with all the gold, or we're going to end up with Autumn with all the gold, I reckon. Um because the, the big crux of this storyline is which one of them is going to be the guy holding all the belts. Yeah, it was. Uh, I got through it in one sitting as a show. I didn't have to stop or anything. I didn't have to take any breaks from it. Um, the matches were decent-ish outside of like the women's title match, which was just a bit of a. It was there. It, yeah, it was there. I, I don't like Nia Jack's matches anyway, and I'm not exactly high on Charlotte either, so it didn't really no. didn't really do it for me. Um, yeah, New New Day looked great. Um, they were like the the backbone of the entire tag turmoil run. Um, their like resilience was the the main driving force of that match, and. Autumn makes sense, I guess, as um, a number one contender for Lashley. Just because who else could he really face? Well, yeah, at the minute, like, it's a bit barren, isn't it? Like, Drew is not allowed to challenge for the title as long as Lashley holds the title. Um, which I'm guessing was the stipulation of their last match. Yeah, I believe I believe it was. Because they, they did mention it in passing that, like, like, the US title is the best that Drew McIntyre can do at the minute as long as Lashley's champion so unless they decide to really pull the trigger on Omos early and put the belt on Omos I can't see anyone that's outside of Orton that's even somewhat viable as a challenger yeah yeah overall okay sure no I'd if you're gonna watch anything I'd say just watch the tag turmoil stuff and skip the rest of the show if you really like hard hitting matches then maybe go watch the Sheamus uh, Drew match mm-hmm. um, if you just want to see those two sing each other's finishes and hit each other really hard uh, other than that yeah it was an okay show it was a sh- yeah it was a show 
It could have been a lot worse, but it probably could have been a lot better. So, uh, Tom. Mr. Yep. Man. Uh, so, AW Dynamite. Or as I've promptly titled it, How I Learned to Hate Adam Cole. <laughs> oh no. That's not a good start. <laughs> Um, so the, yes, I started with Goldust versus Alistair oh no Dustin Rhodes versus Alistair Black Malachi Black oh, Mal- Malachi Black I, I make that mistake every time uh, I refer I'm, I'm I just started ref- calling him Black that's Black, what I started calling yeah. him because it's easier in my, in my notes it's Black and Dust <laughs> Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so the first thing is Taz is on commentary. Okay. I don't know if he went. I don't know if he went away. I was just really. I just heard Taz's voice, and I was really happy to hear it. And then, just a thought occurred to me was, I think um, Dustin and Darby Allen should form a tag team because they've both got half painted faces. Oh yeah, they make one complete face. Yeah, I think they should be calling themselves the Dusty Allens. <laughs> yeah, or, because um, Black also paints his face, I think that they should still form a tag team, but whenever they're in trouble, they should do the Dragable Z fusion dance, cut the lights, and have Black come out with his face part- painted in both Darby and Dusty's faces. I'll, I'll do you one better. They do it, but it's Sting instead of um, Black. Yeah. Or that'd be good. Um, it was just kind of a match. Uh, yeah, Golda, uh, Dustin uh, was actually was somewhat dominant and weirdly over. No, like they were popping. Amazing. They were popping a lot more than I thought they were. Before kind of black just suplexed him into a table, and it was just kind of done with. Also, I think black can do a better V trigger than Kenny. Yeah, that's that's probably, that's probably black. Fair. Yeah, yeah, understandable. Black does do all that with like um, actual combat sports, isn't he? So kickboxer, any black? So. Not surprised. Not surprised in the slightest. Then uh, there's a weird bit where he brought out Cody's shoe. Oh, the one that he, yeah, the one that he left yeah. in the ring, teasing retirement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just kind of brought that. He just kind of gave um, Dustin his shoe, like, look, look, Dustin, shoe, shoe, which caused um, Dustin to Hulk out and, and do a really good Canadian destroyer. Oh, that's a rare sentence to hear. Like considering just how tall Dustin is, and how much of a height difference is between Dustin and Black, just. But my, then, dis- um... my distaste for the Canadian destroyer as a concept is well known by you two, so I shan't. <laughs> yeah. like, like as in a fight, why would I do a backflip for you? Yeah, because it looks cool. No, I don't but... care. <laughs> it. It looks cool. I give the Panama Sunrise a pass because you're on the top row. You get a a vague pass. Yeah. I liked it for this because how clean it looks despite the quite a massive height difference. 
for instance, which goes on to the finish, which was terrible. Like, Black tried to do his finish of the Black Mass, but because Dustin's so tall, it just hit his shoulder and just oh. bounced, oh. and then Dustin just sold it. Oh, dear. Yeah. It just kind of looked like he nudged. It just kind of looked like someone tapped him on the shoulder and just went, oh, I'm dead. Uh, isn't Cody due back soon-ish anyway? So... Yeah. I think so. Um, next was the CM Punk promo. And kind of, Punk looks genuinely happy to be out with the crowds. And it, it was just doing this, like, oh, I'm so happy to be back. I can. I wanted to prove I could do it, with Darby Allen, and I did. And then he was, then he just turned to the crowd and went, "Right, Cincinnati, who should I f- go for next?" And a weird thing. I don't know if I just stopped paying attention for a second, but this made Taz very angry. And I don't know if he meant his reverse psychology or not, but he said, "Don't you dare say any of my boys." Like you need my boys out your mouth. And I couldn't figure out if he was wanting Punk to start a fight with Team Taz. Or not. Because, yeah. yeah. Because if he didn't say anything, I don't think anybody would have I mean, let's, asked let's, for... Let's be honest, the crowd were never going um, to chance a Team Taz member name, were they? No. No. And then Punk was like, yeah, I guess I'll take on one of your guys, maybe Starks. No, I thought, you know what, I wouldn't mind a Ricky Starks versus CM Punk. If just a segment on the microphone. Because Ricky Starks is good on the mic, but I I just don't think they give him a decent chance at it. Yeah, giving, giving him a featured feud would uh, help elevate him, wouldn't it? Like, now, I think they did it with Brian Cage, but then they've just put Brian Cage on the wayside to the point is I've now keep seeing a load of things about how unhappy Brian Cage is and I don't blame him if anyone's going to make the jump from AEW to WWE it's probably Brian Cage he looks like the kind of guy that WWE would want to hire doesn't he mm-hmm. right he'd be moderately successful in WWE So I think after that we had a backstage promo with Ruby Soho and Britt Baker, and I think this is the point where I decided that W uh, AEW needs writers. They they just kind of meandered. Yeah, just not really making a point, just talking a lot. Well, Britt talked. Ruby made the point. Evan Britt just kept talking. And I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. We're just, we're just all going into um, Ruby Soho having a match against one of Britt Baker's people. One of her many associates. Yep. After this, we had um, Hobbs versus Dante Martin. And I've been, They've been pushing Dante Martin, and he's re- he's probably the 
one of the most best athletes they have. Like he's not Ray Phoenix level yet, but I think like give him five years, he'll he might have a decent chance quite of being easily, better than yeah. Phoenix. Quite easily yeah. could be quite Ooh, geez, quite, that's a, quite that's quite Oh, he, I don't know how he does half the stuff he does. Look, I think he's he smoothly transitioned from outside of the ring to inside of the ring a couple of weeks ago on like one hand Jesus but it it was a pretty good match it was kind of Martin doing a bunch of flippy things before Luke Hobbs was like yeah no I'm just a big strong big strong boy and he just kind of threw him about okay but but there was a weird bit where Hobbs got to the outside of the ring and they were going to so Martin was about to do a tope which topes are my ver- are my Canadian destroyers? I hate them. Everyone, everyone has to have a Canadian destroyer. Yeah, I hate. It's when you have to run. They because they always lock eyes with their opponent. Then they run to the other side and just go. Oh, you can dodge now. Yeah, just step away. Yeah. I'll be honest. You can do a Samoa Joe and just step out of the way. Like legally, they can't stop you. Samoa Joe was the king of that. Just no selling your tope. King of the X division, Samoa Joe. But then, um, Hook, Taz's son, just kind of stood there, and I don't even know if what Hook does outside of just standing about. <laughs> no, that's about that's about his role. Like the. Guy looks like he's getting himself a decent pair of guns, but he's just always arms crossed standing there. So Martin just jumped over him. Next, we had like the Dan Lambert promo. Yes. Which it was just kind of a. It was just taking a piss out of millennials, but it didn't really amount to anything. I guarantee you, I would love that promo. I fucking love yeah. Dan Lambert. Like, he's so fucking good on the mic. Like they had five minutes of spare, so they just gave Dan Lambert. Yeah. Just gave I, it to Dan Lambert. As you should. As you should. If you've got a spare five minutes, he's not a bad person to give a spare five minutes to. Yeah. Give give him like a ten minute promo every fucking week. I I will pay money for it. <laughs> I unapologetically ben. love that man. Yeah. Then an even better promo came out. I was in with MJF. MJF does cut a good promo. Yeah, he just kind of walked to the wing, uh, ring. Oh, and I thought it just occurred to me. I'm fairly sure MJF was on like the longest winning streak until All Out when Jericho beat him. Yeah, I'm still not happy with the finish of that match. To be honest with you. Yeah, that was a weird decision. Yeah, it was a weird... Hang on, we've got two refs on this match. Why don't we have two refs for all of them? A bad idea, yeah. bad creative. Like, I'm fairly sure he had... Um, his winning streak was going since the start of AEW. At least in singles competition, and yeah, I'm so fairly probably, sure he's lost it. Not, yeah, you're probably not wrong, though. I can't really think of any matches that he's lost. 
no, like, no, they, they, you might have that. They kept they kept talking about it, then they just suddenly stopped. Sounds about right. Yeah. So MJF came out and he did this whole oh this city sucks promo that every heel can do. Then because John Moxley is in the main event, they had Brian Pillman Jr. come out to defend Cincinnati. Yeah, hometown, hometown hero, classic hometown yeah. hero. So Brian Pillman cuts a promo, and then MJF. And then MJF just looked at her, just looked at him like, "You really want to cut? Go against the mic with me, okay?" Ben probably did one of the lowest blows I've ever seen of of wrestling. Like MJF went right for the throat. I think he brought up the fact his mum was a. Addicted to drugs and called a methany. Oh, oh, methany. Yeah, and then brought up that he was one of a possible five hundred second generation wrestlers that could come out from her. <laughs> <laughs> and her biggest mistake was that she swallowed, that she didn't swallow. Oh, wow! That is, yep. Right for the fucking jugular, Jesus. Yeah. That's like, a thin line there, MJ. Oh, no, he, he made an abortion line after this. Oh, pity <laughs> sakes. Like, I sat there just went... Like, it generally felt like MJF was honestly offended that Pillman even bothered to touch a microphone and wanted to make him pay. It was kind of glorious. Welcome to the I mean, yeah, in a, I still feel Junior does have big boots to feel promo wise because yeah, let's be honest it, that it's like the epitome of a coked up fucking oh yes like he beat him so bad his um, Pillman's sister went into labour <laughs> <laughs> which is a natural thing that happened yes, yes she, did. she did actually go into labour <laughs> Then Pillman came into the ring and MJF just sent Wardlow to the corner. Weirdly. Like his reasoning was, well, you didn't help me with the Jericho match, so just stand in the corner. You just let Pillman beat up MJF for a bit. Then Wardlow just walked out and went, no, no, stop it, stop it, for a couple of minutes so Pillman can continue to beat up MJF. Until Wardlow decided, right, that's enough. You beat up my boss for like 10 minutes now. <laughs> now, now I will step in. Yeah. Then um, Pillman's tag partner came out. Ah, uh, yes, the other half of the varsity belongs. Yeah. That guy whose name and, uh, I cannot remember. Uh, Griff Garrison. That's the one. Oh, God, yes, that's the guy who, um, looking, has gets very angry at his entrance. Yes. Because he claims he's from a uh, an Ivy League college. And he, he fucking isn't. <laughs> there was, I think there was an entire episode of Dark one time where Taz was just getting very angry and he named every Ivy League college he could think of and went, where's his in that list? Because <laughs> fucking not there. Yeah, but it seems like after beating Chris Jericho, 
MJF's next big feud is with the Varsity Blondes. What, what, a, what a setup. He's moving up oh. in the world. Mm. Yep. Then it's the Ruby Soho match, which was a most generic face versus heel match you got. Like they just kind of went back and forth. Soho won. Brick came to the ring and started beating him up. Oh, it's then yeah. a oh, couple yeah. people oh, came to save. Yeah, then a couple people came to save Ruby, leading up to a match on uh, the Friday show. Rampage. Yeah, Rampage. Rampage, yes. Yeah. Next, you had Spears and FTR versus Dark Order. Holy shit. Which was. A... Revival get a match? Yeah. I. Yeah. I... I kept hearing things that one of those guys were having nerve damage in their hands. So I was pleasantly surprised that they were back. But then it turned into your another very basic tag team in tag team slowly falling apart. But with the whole of Dark Order, so it's like eight people doing a routine that should really be only done with two. Well, Dark Order are going for their um, Civil War, aren't they? Um, like, is it Ten and Uno are mm. in a semi-feud over the, like, who should run Dark Order? Yeah, and it's clearly fucking neither of them give Bray Wyatt it. Yeah. He might be going to, um, <laughs> like, Tangent, he might be going to Impact. Oh, no, they're just going to ruin him, because they'll just I, put him in decay. Impact are pretty good with their characters, and he is, like, a character first, wrestler second, so... He might not do too badly there, with a bit of creative control and whatnot. It it'll be better than bringing him to AEW because he lost he'd lost in the shuffle when he in AEW is the issue. Everyone's getting lost in the shuffle very quickly. Yeah, at least if he goes like the rate they're bringing show up. Yeah, like the rate they're bringing people in. He'd just be so I think there's a roster, wouldn't he? Yeah, so there's a backstage promo with the blondes. And yeah, it definitely looks like then the MJF's next feud. Then the rapper, then the rappers came out. Oh, they're still there. Uh, uh, well, yeah. he's yeah, he acclaimed. Well, whichever the acclaimed guy was, he's finished his sensitivity training, and now he's having to job out to Pillman on Rampage. That's that's fair. Now, that'll learn you to be mildly controversial. Like, my stance on that is Tony Khan should have done the sensitivity training, not Matt Caster, I want to say this name is. Max Caster, yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it, smaller side, it was a slightly bad taste line, but the show is not live. The blame falls entirely on whoever approved that edit. They could have taken that line out. Like that's entirely AW's fault, you know. Bad, bad taste. Then you have something like going back to the MJF promo. Yeah. <laughs> MJF gets aware of it because we all know it's it's MJF I, being MJF. I suppose yeah. the, the difference is that, like, 
I imagine Brian Pillman Jr. was like, yeah, you can go hard, as hard as you want, say what you want. Right. Uh, yeah, carry on, sorry. Smaller side. Yeah. That's alright. Well, my whole thing was that was a guy doing his job and his boss not telling him. Yeah. He wasn't given a line, so he pushed it. Then the Elite came out. And I kind of got distracted because I generally thought um, Matt Jackson was wearing a dress. Like it was, like the clothes got that ugly. I just sat there just thinking, is he wearing a dress? But I realised it was just an ugly shirt and ugly shorts that complement each other a bit too well. Then I see that his brother has a chain that attaches from his nose ring to his earring. Oh my god. And yeah, so that's become a thing, yeah. Yeah, and it was distractingly ugly. Do you reckon the books are on like a but, personal quest to see how like how far they can go with an outfit? Like Probably. That seems a bit right. Um Then Cole came out and so came to the descent to which I decided I hate him now. Because the f- the first thing he did for some reason was get re was get angry at Tony Schiavone for being friends with Britt Baker. And kind of chased him out and then like a jealous boyfriend. It's a gimmick, I guess. And I sat there just went, how insecure are you? Well, he is a small man. <laughs> yeah. He's at least oh, yeah. three foot six. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I figured out why um, Adam Ch- Cole chose AEW. It's because Nick Jackson's the only person in wrestling smaller than them. <laughs> he gets to have a match against like Marco Stunt and feel like he's <laughs> Yeah. But no, it's the first thing he did was I, I don't like I don't like you being around my girlfriend. I went, it's fucking Tony Schiavone. How insecure are you? Like it was such a small dick energy move, but <laughs> but it made me hate him now. It's a good way to get some heel heat in it. Like... I suppose, but I've now got a mild form of X Pack heat with him. Like, who gives a shit? It's Tony Schiavone. The man was a barista five minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, Then Daniel Bryan came out. And despite wins and losses mattering in AEW, he's jumped all the way to the top. Yeah. And they did lampshade it by saying, well, I know things are done differently here. Well, I'm the best, so they say you're the best. I'm better than you. Let's have a match. At least, at least that's some justification. Like Kenny wants to prove himself, so at least they acknowledged it. They they made a cursory effort to make some sense. They really, they really dug themselves into a hole with the wins and losses mattering. If, if they did, then the company would look very different to how it currently does. Because, like, you've yep. got wrestlers that are on, like, like Mox is, like, what's his record for this? Like, 21 and, like, 1 or something stupid. Like... Yeah. 
Like they've got people on like whopper unbeaten streaks that aren't anywhere near the title picture. Like MJF never getting a title picture despite having the longest I have a undefeated MJF, streak. They're, they're intentionally holding off on that like they're going to keep him away from the title picture for another like year, and then when they've got someone like um like Hangman in the like lead babyface position, then MJF will suddenly appear near the title picture. So lastly for Dynamite, it was the main event, which they only gave 10 minutes to for Bastards. Which is John Moxie versus Minoru Suzuki. 10, 10 minutes? 10 minutes. I'm outraged. I didn't even watch the match and I'm outraged. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was... A... I want to say it was a good match, but neither of them were trying to hurt each other. Quite like, yeah. Like there wasn't like they kept doing oh, and I was he was saying oh how hard hitting this is, and like they didn't even look like they were even close to having a welt on them. And Mox was doing a two on the welter scale. Oh, you're in the ring with Suzuki. Come on, you you can dial it on. Yeah, you can do better. Than then, that. Uh, yeah. Then weirdly, at some point, Suzuki just busted open. It gushed like a blade job. But I couldn't figure out where he bladed. He just fucking gigged for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't sound like him at all. <laughs> like they were just kind of, they were just kind of elbowing each other f- for most of it. And it was just kind of, oh, Mox hits an elbow really hard, and then Suzuki just fails to drop. And then it just kind of, it just kind of finishes. Did they literally like, open for like another match or? Is uh, like not a... really. Nah. They did. It was pretty much a, just a hometown hero match, but involving Mazor Manoa Suzuki, who who he was too good for this shit. Yeah, that that should have been a, that should have been your roll out match to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yep. So next is Rampage, where we had the pack match. Yeah, Pac versus Andrade. Yep. Um, which is started to show wasn't the main event. What? Say so what? Yep. Uh, Mark Henry still. Yeah. Mark Henry's still on commentary, but you can barely hear him. Maintaining that gimmick. Barely, barely even know he's there. Yeah. Um, it's starting off as a bit of a WWE match. I don't know if... I don't think Andrade's shaking it off yet. Like, he did the slow WWE style with Pac. I kept saying, oh... Like, I don't know if he's had his big lucha match to kind of wake him up. Oh, he's still trapped in that... Um... E-style. Yeah. But, which is just a shame because he's really athletic. Like, they, kept, yeah, they just kept yeah, they just kept saying, yeah, they just kept saying he's explosive because every now and then he just remembered, oh yeah, I'm a luchador and did a bunch of flips before going back to the slow WWE style. I mean, it could work if he made it into a gimmick where, like, he... 
like Packer does, where he's super athletic but refuses to do it because it makes the crowd pop and fuck the crowd. Like Pack's best Whoa. finisher is refusing to do the black arrow. Like yeah. it's a weird one with him. Because he did like there was a loads of just great spots. But the transition between spots was just kind of meandering. Like but he avoided the tope suicida entirely by just running up the ring ropes and then doing like a spinning drop onto pack. Yeah, which I popped yeah, yeah which great. I popped a bit too hard hard for only because it wasn't a tope. You and your tope fucking bite. I hate them. I hate them. Everyone has to have a Canadian destroyer. What's yours, dearest Stephen? What's your Canadian destroyer? Sorry, I didn't mean to leave it in, like incredibly long pause there. Um, You've got to say that the fucking the fucking anticipation there was um, quite. What is boo? What is my Canadian destroyer? Booness man. It's a damn good question. What's my spot that I fucking hate? Um. Keep going, Tom. I'll think. I'll think I'm gonna say, we're going to have a lot of dead air to cut out otherwise. Yeah. Keep, keep going. Fair enough. Think of um, so, the match ended. I think Pat got Andrade into his submission. Brutalized. Then a man came out. I don't know who this man is. Just a man. And distracted the ref. A man? Was it a strangely Mexican-looking man that may or may not be Chavo Guerrero? No, no, Chavo. No, it was a different man. Chavo was there all oh. along, and he just stayed out of it. That was a different Mexican man. That the commentary team seemed to know, but I've never heard of him. Just a, a man with a generic Mexican-sounding name. That's helpful. Yeah. Like Thank it just you for that wonderful insight. <laughs> the show gave as much insight to me as I'm giving to you. So, oh, here's Jorge, and he's standing there. Jorge. I don't know if his name is Jorge. I want to say it's Jorge or Julio. Like, literally, it might be someone from the Spanish announced team. I don't know. I've Googled may... it. I've yeah. Googled it, and it literally says Andrade's other assistant. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this is from a reputable wrestling news source. Andrade's other assistant not even named no it's just a man i didn't even know he existed uh, for a second i thought it might be someone from the crowd he's literally called jose oh, oh it's jose oh okay it's just nice. jose he doesn't even have yeah. a surname it's just jose yeah jesus yeah just jose yeah just jose distracted the ref while chavo went behind went behind Pax back and smacked him in the head with a tablet allowing Andrade to win then something weird happened because Andrade was celebrating Vanessa was going up the ring Jose told Andrade what um, Chavo did which made Ch which made Andrade very mad and he punched Chavo Is Andrade supposed to be a heel? 
is he going for this weird, like, lawful evil kind of heel here, where, like, I'll win, and I'll be a bastard about it, but don't you fucking hit people with weapons, you... you... lighter. I don't know, he punched him. Yeah, he punched him, and then he just left him to pack to beat up. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to get with you on the whole AW need writers, man. Yeah. Like, I was sitting there just thinking, okay... Next was um, yeah, it was like I, I don't even like people in the news sites were saying that they've split up now. I don't know if Chavo and Andrade have split up. What, I mean, what the fuck does Chavo do if he's not with Andrade? <laughs> I don't know. No, Andrade turned up originally with Vicky, and then fucking yeah. Chavo turned up for. Reasons. But he got rid of Vicky and moved to Chavo, and now he's moved to Jose. Good old Jose. Good old Jose. Is it Jose? Yeah, oh, I just want. To... I mean, we're yeah. going with Jose now. Okay. I was going to say Julio again. Mild, if we get cancelled oh. for mild racism, that's our own fault. Yeah, I, I love yeah, it. Just... It's Jose. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say episode gonna... one, and we've already <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> offended all of Mexico. Are we going yeah. for the, the fucking Clarkson record here? We have to insult everyone. <laughs> Every yeah. episode, someone has to get insulted. Yeah. Then, after this, Darby Allen and Sting came out. And I think I may have to avoid watching AEW for the rest of my life. Because they teased a Tully Blanchard versus Sting match. Oh, God. Yep. I... I don't know why they want a Tully Blanchard vs. Sting match, but apparently we're getting one. Straight out of fucking 1987, Jesus. Yep. The only good thing about this is Darby actually describes Sean Spears as a generic piece of shit. I mean, he's fucking spot on. <laughs> yeah. Not wrong, he is very... The chairman gimmick is probably the most interesting thing about him, and even then, he just is doing nothing with it. Yep. That man is like the default creator wrestler. Like he has nothing interesting about him, other than his contact lenses. And somehow he's married to one of the iconics. <laughs> somehow. I don't know how he accomplished that. The man must be really interesting because the wrestler isn't. He's a somewhat popular streamer. Him, oh, um, him, Corbin, and Tyler Breeze stream together. Him and Tyler Breeze own a wrestling school together. Yeah, they do. Um, after this was the women's trio match. And just kind of there. Uh, yeah, like they really shouldn't have done the pack match first. Because honestly, once you finish that, there's no point watching Rampage. It all goes downhill from here. There was one cool spot though with um, Riho on top of Chris Statlander's shoulders and did a double stomp. Yeah, nice. Which is the thing I always want um, AJ and Omos to do. I really hope oh, they do it. That would be, that would be amazing. Phenomenal four, I'm off almost. 
poor no, old man. That's yeah, all I, I want. That you'd get off that. Yeah. As long as I must, you know, pushes him up a little bit as well. Yeah. Then lastly was just the Brian Pillman match, which was your typical hometown hero. Pillman won. The, the other acclaimed person came to jump him. Then Mox came out. Also, I'm fairly sure that um, Matt Caster lost all what little rapping talent he had due, due to the sensitivity training. Oh, no, I did. I did it hear, was I, awful. I did hear about this. I did hear about this. This rap was um, deliberately bad because he said it was written by um, AW um, officials. Oh, he said it was. It's, it's yeah. It was written by uh, management. And then at the end of the promo, he goes, "Yeah, I'm, not, I'm never fucking doing that again. <laughs> I'm going back being unscripted." Look, I sort of just went, oh, "I feel sorry for the man." But yeah, that was AEW this week. It's Worth watching or? Um, like it, I'm fairly sure it outdid Raw for the first time ever. Uh, key demo, yes, it did. Yeah. I mean, yeah, demos it it raw out does it quite often, but quality yeah. raw is sadly lacking as of late. Like, I'd say skip it. Like, it, dynamite really only amounted to setting up one good thing and three bad things. Not, not a great. Not yeah, great. No, it's not brilliant when you just. I mean, which is uncharacteristic for dynamite because it's just normally like. Even if you're not enjoying the storylines, the matches are normally quite good. But they were okay, but there was... Like, the problem is most of your best guys are just involved in... A per side, just to be involved in huge promo segments. It doesn't help that they've got a massively huge roster as well, does it? Like, bloated at the minute. You've got really to try bloated. and make time for, like... A good like thirty storylines that are currently ongoing. Like, like Gallows and Anderson were in the elite segment, and there was no point mentioning them. They just brought them out of the ring, and they just kind of stood there. That's their job. That's all yeah. they've done. That all they've done is interfere in matches and stand there. I don't think they've cut a promo for months. But you can actively remove them, and you wouldn't even notice. I imagine it's the same with um, Brandon What's his face and Nakazawa. Yeah. Yeah. Now, like all there was, I think Rampage was just a. I didn't even put in my notes. It was just a couple of minute promos with um, Cole and Brian saying that they're an all elite, but they had to put it together, so they had to share a promo saying that they've joined the company. Like a share a video package. Surely you'd do like a one promo each. I think it was two separate video packages played back to back. Oh no! It was like it looked like they just can the video just continues and then moves on to Brian. Oh, uh, one of those. Yeah, where it's here's yeah. the two new people. Here they talk about why they're here. Yeah. So here's Cole talking about why he's here. Now here's Brian. Could have easily split. 
I think, well, on the plus side, we are getting a Cole Bryan match, which is going to be... Oh, no, we're getting... We're getting Bryan, Kenny, and I don't even know what Cole's doing outside of feuding with Tony Schiavone. Mr. Steal Your Girl. Fucking 50-year-old man is going to steal your fucking wife. Yeah. Weird, weird gimmick. Like I said, I do, it's made me dislike Adam Cole now. Is it just cheap heat, maybe? Like... Easy heat, eh? Well, no, because he he's one of them to say that he really wanted to just say that to Tony. I mean... <laughs> like, go, go for it, lad, I guess. If you, yeah. that's, what, that's the fucking angle you want to go for, then yeah. make yourself seem like, as petty as possible. That would be a great heel gimmick. Just like be really jealous and insecure about absolutely nothing and just go around battering people because of it. Mm-hmm. Just picking random fights with announcers and interviewers just for the fucking sake of it. Look, um, there's one site that says Anna Cole's fierce few might be dot 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 Tony Schiavone question mark. <laughs> like I've all the people. <laughs> It, it's a weirdly insecure thing and such small dick energy I've kind of put me off him. It is very small dick energy, isn't it? Like it's... What a weird creative decision to start with. It's an odd one. And it's apparently a decision all done by Cole. Yeah, so he just wants to pick a fight with Tony Schiavone. Okay. Good, good for him. Live, live your dream, Adam Cole. Yep. Bye bye. Right, Smackdown. Yeah, Smackdown. Yes. Um, strap yourselves in, lads. This is fucking short. <laughs> it was. Smackdown is normally two hours, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. Air enough. Okay. You got the fucking I... easy one this week, didn't you? Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Air enough. Three matches, two promo segments. This is going to be. Very quick, because not a lot happens. Uh, Smackdown very much this week was a show that happened. Fantastic. Yeah, it was a show that was on at some point in the week. That's As a broad summary, that's probably all you really need to know. I could stop there. <laughs> um, no, I shall begrudgingly carry on. Um, well, obviously, with it being um, you know, the 10th of September, and their show, they did a Opening package with a you know, lovely little memorial esque tribute to you know, the tragedy and all that. That which the uh, which you know that they uh, never forget with the two lights shining where the towers were. That pops up a couple of times during the night actually, which is uh, tasteful. Um, you can't really not, can you? Yeah, and they, right, them, right. it was a big deal at the time, so it makes sense. Yeah, like uh, you can't. You, I mean, you know. You don't have a show Saturday when the actual 20th anniversary is. You've yeah. kind of got to do it Friday, um, and you're in you're in New York, so you kind of, you know, yeah, you, got, you got to do something for it, haven't you? You got no choice, yeah, and you know, and which is actually fair enough. You, it's, it's touching. Um, but we kick off with the show with, as we have done, I'm pretty sure every week in SmackDown for the last month with a Roman Reigns promo. Of course. 
who says a lot without actually saying anything of any substance. Ah. Um, those promos. Yes, it was a promo to the crowd telling them to acknowledge him. You know, that, you know, that because WWE runs Madison Square Garden and he runs WWE, then by proxy he runs New York and they should acknowledge him. Sound logic. Yeah, it so facto was um, strangely something that um, Pat McAfee said, which was oddly intelligent for him. Hmm. Well done, but, Pat. Oh, well done, Pat. You know the words, it's so facto. Well done. Um, which, which uh, Roman Reigns stood there in the ring, and then obviously um, all we hear is Brock Lesnar's music. And down he struts to the ring. Not much was said between Lesnar and and Roman Reigns. Um, Heyman interjected, saying, you know, Brock, why, of all the titles to go for, why the universe, you, know, you don't need to do this, blah, 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 blah. Um, to which Brock just replies, I've only got one question for you, Heyman. Why didn't you tell Roman Reigns I was going to be at SummerSlam? Implying that he told, implying that Heyman knew. Um, yes, which sets up the little bit of a kerfuffle and scuffle between, you know, Lesnar and, and Roman, with Lesnar standing tall at the end of it, but Roman not actually taking any real offence, you know, obviously, because you've yeah. got to keep the champ strong. Um, Heyman still leaves with with, um, with Roman, though. So, but with noticeable tension. Noticeable tension. Mm -hmm. and, Everything I wanted yeah. the storyline to be is it should revolve around Paul Heyman, really. Yes, there was a wonderful bit in the ring where, you know, Brock had chased off the bloodline, as they're calling themselves now, and Heyman was stood in the ring next to him. This is after um, Roman Reigns got very angry at Heyman for not telling him that Brock was going to be there at SummerSlam, you know, after Brock insinuated that he knew. And instantly, Paul Heyman goes into the, ladies and gentlemen, my name, and he's trying to get back on Brock's good side, which is a wonderful bit of teasing a turncoat. Um, to which, you know, and Brock Lesnar's obviously put a challenge in for the uh, Universal title, which we didn't get an answer, yes or no. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You know, like... Roman Reigns won't answer straight away, will it? Like, yeah, the answer's on his time. Um, Shall we have a Paul Heyman on the pole match? Ah, oh, like Judy Bagwell on a forklift. Yes. Yeah. Um, but after that, not much, not much is made of this because then we cut straight to, which is essentially a bog standard ten man tag team match. Okay. Uh, it's a uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Rick Boogs, who I'm fucking loving at the minute, uh, Big E, and the Mysterios uh, versus Apollo Crews, Sami Zayn, Otis, Robert Roode, and Dolph Ziggler. It was every 10-man tag team match you've ever watched. Um, everyone in the pool, uh, hit your finisher, everyone out, someone gets the win. Yes. Pretty much. The only interesting thing that happened was as Rick Boogs and Nakamura were making their uh, making their entrance, Sami Zayn got on the mic and you know was shouting over them and got Rick playing his entrance. Because that's what Sami Zayn would do. Yeah. And getting the cheap fucking New York heat, 
Sami Zayn said, I've arranged for a special guest to come out to the ring. Someone who knows how to win at Madison Square Garden. And he brings out um, the uh, the Hawks basketball player, Dre Young. Okay. Because, um, you know, I believe last time he was in MSG, he beat... He was on the winning the team that beat New York. I don't I don't follow basketball, so I couldn't tell you. But apparently, it was a big deal that he was in MSG because he plays for the Hawks? Question mark. That, yeah, but I don't know anything about basketball either. Oh, you, Tom? Any help? No. Nothing. No, nothing. Okay. Apparently, that was a big deal. I didn't get it. I'm but sure, then sure again, it, to like the people it probably MSG. did really matter a lot to the people in New York and MSG at the time. It mattered to someone called Kevin, and I'm happy for Kevin. Good on you, Kevin, in your chuck a hat and your plaid vest. Um, but apparently that was an issue. Um, didn't see the issue. Um, he did interject in the match and got the classic, you're out of here, from the ref, um, which made MSG very happy. Fantastic. Um, so... Cheap heat, then the cheap pop. Easy. Um, obviously, the faces win, because the faces always win these 10 team tag team matches. Because um, it was in a biggie with a big ending on Zane. I'll be honest with you, there wasn't that many great spots apart from a double 619 by the Mysterios. Which is always nice to see. Can't beat a good 619. Dude, yes, you, you can't. You, it's good. With the double one to uh, Zane, and then Big E drops the big ending, and yeah, as you want, 2 3. Um, Zane eating a lot of pinfalls recently. A lot. Yeah, Zane's one of those guys that I don't think he really needs wins. No, it like... really matter. Um... I think it's got to the point where Zane doesn't even need to wrestle. He's just a ma- he's like the Miz. He's just a mouthpiece yeah, that they can use to put other people over. Yeah. The walking meme at this point. Um, I mean, it was... Uh, I'll be honest with you... There is literally no need for that match to have happened. It's it was just filling time. Yeah. yeah, it's filling time. Filling time. I mean, you're saying that, say filling time. There's only three fucking matches on the entire show. Fantastic. Um, we cut to the... Um, we go now to the Bank- Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch contract signing. Uh, Bianca Belair comes out, uh, does her entire entrance, and then we cut to a fucking um, commercial straight away. In some weird timing-wise, like your entrance, ad break. So that must be really weird in the arena for her just stood in the ring. That, um, actually, that waiting for this ad as well. Thinking about it, waiting for this ad to finish. And then when we come back from commercial, her music is still inexplicably playing. And now there's a table in the ring where there was not a table before. Mm-hmm. A magic table. And an, ad- and an Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville, where there was not an Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville before. Oh, that's a step down. Yeah, cool. um, Bianca signs her half of the contract after cutting a mild promo on Becky, saying that she doesn't respect her as much as she used to because, you know, she's been running away from a fight. Which, in all fairness, the last few weeks she has been. She's been refusing the rematch, which Bianca Belair is, strictly speaking, contractually entitled to. When she won in one punch, would you... No, you wouldn't want the rematch now, but um, she's contractually obliged to give her one. But like they literally made Becky one punch man. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is because she's not actually cleared to wrestle yet. Why give her the title? Um, 
because yeah. Sasha Banks wasn't going to be at SummerSlam, therefore we needed we needed something to happen. You just have him chase off Carmelo and then point to the. Yeah, set off the match. Yeah, right? like, yeah. yeah, but you know, we're not good at uh, last-minute decisions over here in in the dub. Um, and then, after Bianca signs her half of the contract, is when Becky finally makes her entrance in a ridiculous red fluffy fur coat, trench coat thing. Ridiculous doing, and she's to be honest with you, she cuts the same knockoff female Conor McGregor promo that she's been cutting for what feels like an age now. It's, it's the same promo. Something, something, it's the same thing. something, something, something. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the same. Like, I'm the man, here's a quick pun. And frankly, eh, <laughs> eh, whatever. Yeah. Like, if you could just insert the man promo from two years ago, it wouldn't, it wouldn't really make much much difference. The only the only bit of the thing is where she got visibly actually annoyed by the fans chanting for Bianca and for her and for Becky to sign the contract with the best line of the night, I actually think, apart from Brock's "Why didn't you tell Roman I was going to be there?" is when she said, "I left my baby girl at home for you, and this is how you're paying me to the fans." Ooh. Which is Ooh. yeah, yeah, scathing, scathing. In all fairness, that's Steph Warren's child. Can you imagine what the cry sounds like? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's going to be very nasally, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> very nasally. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, and th that's really it. Um, once Becky signed a contract, she tries to throw it at Bianca, but you know Bianca's a super athlete, so she catches it. Ooh. Too fast. Too fast. Too fast for you to catch this fucking notepad. And Becky leaves. And that is the end of segment. We cut to commercial break. And then we come back from commercial break. It is uh, Edge versus Seth Rollins. Again. On SmackDown? Okay. Yes, it's, it's a SummerSlam rematch. Because for the last couple of weeks, according to the promo package, I have watched the last couple of weeks, but according to the last couple of weeks, according to the promo package, uh, Seth Rollins has been slowly stealing Edge's shit. He's been doing the educations. He's been doing the, and he's been doing the concertos. And, and okay, that's a that's a cool that. gimmick. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's, it's, it's it's snapped and using Edge as an inspiration, quote unquote, and he's just stealing his crap. I'm fine with that. That's a that's a nice um, story. It was match wise. Very similar to the SummerSlam one. Very similar. I mean, the um, SummerSlam match was pretty good, so... Yes. This, this did turn into, uh, like, late 2000, early 2000 era WWE, where they're just stealing finishes. Ah, yes. Because Edge, in retaliation for Seth using his finishes the last couple of weeks, Edge delivers, you know... I say Seth Rollins finisher, but he's not. It's Triple H. He's, but he did it with the pedigree. Okay. Um, and he gets a two count there. And he gets a two count. Oh. Um, there's a lot of, you know, attempts of big moves that don't pay off because I don't think Edge can really take them anymore. Because there's been a lot of almost hitting a big move and then just not. Ah, uh, okay. 
keeping her just relatively safe. Yeah, so I don't... I don't know. The best one was probably when uh, Seth was going for the stomp, but Edge somehow counted it into a sit-out powerbomb. That's pretty fucking some, cool. Fucking, yeah, by some fucking witchcraft. Um, but it was an okay match. It was a thing. Um, Seth did win um, with the stomp. Um, but um, Edge, but Seth was um, reluctant to do the pin. Oh. For some reason. Right. Are they setting them up for a tag team run? I don't know. Because it, it wasn't like a, oh my god, I don't want to pin him. It was a, I'm staring at this lifeless body. Now I'll pin him. Hmm. But I'd be pretty Edge okay with him in a tag team. Edge was taken off in a stretcher. But Rollins was looking concerned for his, genuinely concerned for his well-being. Oh. In a weird, like, oh my god, I might have just killed the man that I've been saying I've been looking up to. Kind of. I mean, it's, um, it's something. It's more interesting than the generic yeah. that are going on. I get the feeling they're going to try and do a I'm sorry, I love you. I don't know, because they, they did go, um, obviously, after the match, everyone has to have a promo, everyone has to have an interview after their match now, which is a thing that I'm still not a fan of. Um, and he was asked, you know, how, you know, are you okay? How do you feel about this? And he said, and I quote, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel. Maybe I don't feel anything at all. Oh. And then left. Gripping stuff. Mm. Very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Brooding, brooding Seth. Brood? <laughs> well, no, 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 no. God, is hey, are they trying to cost Gangrel even more money? Yes. <laughs> yes, I feel sorry for the man, I really do. Um, Then... You know, we cut back to the Usos and uh, Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. Um, the Usos leave because they're about to go to their tag team title match against uh, with the Street Profits. Um, Paul Heyman, uh, you know, he's, he's talking to Roman. And Roman goes, I saved you. Why didn't you tell me that Brock was in SummerSlam? Heyman goes quiet. Commercial break. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then when we're back from the commercial break, the tag team matches start, I think. Well, obviously entrances, because, you know, they're not both in the ring. The job as entrance for the fucking Usos and Street Profits. We get their entrances. I forgot and Street Profits exist. Apparently, so did WWE. Because this How was a dare they? This was a very standard, if you think of your atypical Street Profits Uso match, this was your standard atypical. Uh, not atypical, typical. Street Profit 2 says match. It's ridiculously athletic. Loads of near misses. Near pinfalls. And many, many topes. Sorry. Many super kicks. Many super kicks. Um, after for the match, obviously, we go to commercial because we have to. We always do after for the match. When we get back from commercial, Reigns is at ringside. Just looking over the match, you know, as he does. Um, it looks like the Street Profits are literally about to win. But Reigns jumping in the rings and uh, chokes out Dante's Ford. Okay. Because that's that's the finish we're going for. Uh, the Usos retain via disqualification. Well, when he's married to Bianca Belair, he doesn't get everything. No. 
But yep, that's that's it. Um, Roman right you know, we, we win. It, that happens. Um, uh, then we get another Roman Reigns promo to close the show. Because he needs two promos. Notice how I've skipped over the matches. They're very boring. They're just matches that happened. Just, just generic match. Uh, I think the, the matches were there to sandwich your Roman Reigns promo. This was a very boring episode of SmackDown, to be honest with you. Look, when Roman's not on the screen, we should be asking, where's Roman? Yeah, I, I say I say the matches were just there. The Edge Rollins match. If, if if you if you liked the SummerSlam match, go watch it. It was a good match to watch. Right. It's more of the same, so it's just more, it's more, more that. Edge, yeah. yeah, it's more Seth and Edge. It's it's it was up to the same standard, and then you got you know the nice little finish. But cutting back to this uh, Roman promo, which is closing the show. Um, Roman says that he will accept Lesnar's challenge as soon as he's done. Beating Finn Balor because he's, he's actually he's actually his next opponent. And the lights go out, and that heartbeat starts. And it's the Demon King. Uh, Finn Balor is now okay. using the Demon King at Extreme Rules. Um, he comes out, does all his you know Demon King nonsense, comes into the ring, stares at Roman Reigns. Um, the Usos go to you know do their normal where they stand in the way, but he. Jerks his head at both of them, you know, the little snap look that the Demon King does. And they just slowly back off. I'm like, you didn't back off when Lesnar didn't even acknowledge your appear, you know. But you're backing off when Finn Balor stares. Whatever. Uh, that puts over Finn pretty strong. It does put over Finn pretty strong. Like, Paul Heyman was scared shitless. The Usos backed off. Um, and we, you know, cut the night with... Balor staring at Roman Reigns in his Demon King um, get off. All in all, I told you it was going to be a quick one because not a lot happened. Like, I had three matches to sum up and then matches that happened. Uh, I've got nothing to give you, lads. I'm sorry. It, was, it wasn't a very good episode of SmackDown this month, this week. We had like an hour and a half of content. Like, an hour and a half of content. Matches. An hour and a half of content for a show that is normally two hours. Why did we cut the women's tag team match? Yeah, what? Was it maybe? Who are the women's tag champs? No, uh, no, no, no. It was a Selena Vega tag match, wasn't it? Oh, well, that's why. Now they don't have. Um... No, the, the reasoning was apparently the Edge Rollins match went over, but you hadn't. Half an hour that you didn't use. That must have been a Fox thing. Like there must have been something else happening that Fox didn't know. I, I don't. I don't know. But to must have been a sport Vega, event. To cut a Zelina Vega match in her hometown on your 9/11 show. It's a bit rough, isn't it? When she's gone and got special gear because it's her hometown and it's a 9/11 show because she, you know, tragically lost. I don't say she's got one of the towels on each leg because that's. No, it was a it was a Naruto inspired. Um, oh, okay. As a lot of a uh... oh, big boy, man. Jesus, the key. Just, we just, just that needs. To forget that ever happened. But yeah, I've got very little to say about SmackDown. It was uncharacteristically average for a SmackDown. Uh, it's all right. Just think next week you've got Raw. 
I am doing Raw next week, yes. We should probably explain that we do that rotatingly. It's a different yes. person coming to a different show. A good point to explain it. Like Each week we will do, like, you know, one person does Raw, one person does SmackDown, one person does the AEW shows, um, and we'll rotate them. So next week I'm doing Dynamite Rampage. Tom will be doing SmackDown, and Pete will be doing Raw. <clears throat> Hearing the, uh, the, the, the Raw summary from you, I'd have preferred to have it to SmackDown this, one, this week. Yeah, I feel like I got lucky with Raw that it was a, you know, it was all just tag team stuff, and the tag team division on Raw is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. It was an, it seems it was an okay week in wrestling. Fine, it, nothing egregiously bad. I, I expected to be a lot more ranty about Raw than I was, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. nothing really egregious happened. It was all very. I, I didn't expect to have nothing to say about SmackDown. <laughs> I expected to be sat here for a good forty-five minutes praising it because that's normally the. But no, no, nothing. It happened. I mean, even Dynamite I was expecting. Didn't sound like it was much. No. I mean, we do. We do have the unfortunate that we're coming off two of the big pay-per-views of the year. Um, so we was a little bit slow afterwards. Yeah. That was. This week in wrestling, we have a Twitter uh, at Catch Catch Cast. This will be up on YouTube. This will be up on other podcasting things when I work out where I can post it. Join us next week for another week of recaps. More complete amateur recaps. Absolutely. Insert catchphrase. <laughs>